You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday. Y'all, I like literally forgot how I open up my episodes because I have stopped and started this episode about 12 times because the the person outside is using a lawn, like a, a leaf blower, I think, or is cutting the grass or something. And so I keep stopping and starting. I tried to record it with like a blanket over my head and my laptop, which just proved to not work at all. So if you have background noise, apologies for me, but I literally, I couldn't even remember what my intro was. How embarrassing. Well, I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. I'm so happy to be sitting down and chatting with y'all. Um, we're going to hop right into this week's episode because she is booked and busy. We are doing an advice Q&A, which is something I have not done since I relaunched the podcast for season three, which is just so exciting. I love these types of episodes. They're my favorite to listen to. They're my favorite to record. I'm just like a big advice girly, and I haven't gotten to really like give you guys advice since since relaunching, and so it just feels right. It just feels natural. But this week we have a bit of a twist. The submissions for this week's episode are from Reddit. Okay, have you guys seen the podcast that like went viral on TikTok? It's called Two Hot Takes. My friend Katie introduced me to it. And they essentially go through a Reddit subthread or a subreddit. I don't know what they're called. I'm new to Reddit as of recording this podcast and like they read through people and then they like talk about what they say and like they see what the comments say it's so much fun and like you like listen to it and you're like oh I think I would do this or I think and then they give advice it's totally different it's just really fun to like listen and play along and like think too and I just thought it'd be really fun and I wanted to do it and so that's what we're gonna do we have a couple submissions from reddit I went on the Ask Woman Advice subreddit. I didn't. I had to have Hunter explain to me like legitimately what Reddit was and like how it worked um, for a little bit before I was able to do this. And so I'm really excited for this week's episode. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening to the She's Going Places podcast. We are happy to have you. And if you are a longtime SGP listener, welcome back. Let's hop right into this week's episode. Okay, here we go. I'm feeling like I want to experience being single, but my boyfriend is perfect for me. Other than that, I'm not sure what to do. Me and my boyfriend have been together for almost four years, and he's perfect for me, and I love him fully, like genuinely nothing I would change. The thing is that before this relationship, I was also in another three to four year relationship, and I'm only 20. So I've spent all of my teenage years in relationships, and I find myself wanting to grow, wanting to get to know who I am without the constant validation of someone else. And aside from that, I just want to experience being single for the fun and freedom of it. The thing is, I feel crazy to end my relationship over this. I feel like it's hard to find incredible people that you click with so well, and I will really regret doing this in the future if we don't get back together or I don't eventually find someone I love as much once I've gone through all of this. I'm not sure what to do. Any advice would be appreciated. Wow. I hear you on this for sure because Hunter is my only boyfriend, and if you're new here, I'm now married to him. And so I've also kind of went through this similar experience through college where I was like, Hunter is literally perfect in every way. Like, wouldn't change a thing. He is so wonderful. But I don't know 
life without Hunter over the last four years. Like my most developmental years through college, like you're 20, I'm literally 21, have been with him. Like I've grown like with him, I've matured with him, I've experienced major change with him. And so I definitely had a moment where I was like, okay, Hunter's amazing, but I don't know what else is out there. I've never had another boyfriend. I've never really dated anybody else. So what if, like, what if there's something like inherently wrong with my relationship and I just don't know because I don't, I don't have anything to compare it to. I think that was like the big buzzword for me. I'm like, I have nothing to compare it to. And ultimately I made the decision to stay with Hunter, obviously, based on the fact that I am now married to him. But this is a very normal thing to feel. So don't feel weird about feeling this kind of way. Obviously, like, you're not listening to this when I'm I'm saying this. But, like, my SGP listeners, like, you know what I mean. Like, you guys can say this in agreement with me. Like, like this girl is not alone in how she feels about, like, being stuck in this relationship. And so especially on the aspect of wanting to be single, I at first, like, all through middle school and high school, all I wanted was a boyfriend. Like I was obsessed with the idea of having a boyfriend. I was frustrated that I didn't have a boyfriend. And so I like felt like I had been single because at that point I had been single my entire life, which is a little bit dramatic now looking back because I see people who are like in their like late 20s and they've never like had a boyfriend. They've never been in their rela- a relationship and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been single forever. And here I am, like, 21 years old and married. I was a little bit dramatic then is what I'm saying. But that was, like, what I knew. And so I was, like, so craving to be in a relationship. And then all of a sudden I'm in this long-term relationship and I'm thinking, okay, well, now I'm understanding, like, why people say, like, oh, my gosh, you should be single in your 20s. Like, it's so amazing. And so I think that if you're having this thought that you're, like, I feel like I just – I need that experience of, like – getting to know myself and like learning who I am outside of relationship, especially since in this scenario, you went from one long-term relationship to another. Like that's crazy because you're saying you're, okay, you're 20 and you guys have been together for almost four years. So for either easy math, you started dating when you were 16 and then your last boyfriend was three to four years. So that's like 12. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, I would say in this situation, I would maybe consider breaking up, which I don't think that is what y'all would expect me to say. I just think that if you have never spent any of your time as an adult or as a teenager alone, who are you? Like, and how are you supposed to know, like, who you are outside of being in a relationship and being dependent on someone? Like... Now that I'm I'm married and I'm I'm in a, like a long-term relationship and I have been like there are aspects that I've found to myself especially now that Hunter and I are like together in person like where I'm becoming dependent on him. Here's a silly example. I hate driving and so now I don't drive. Like legitimately Hunter drives me everywhere and it's the best thing ever, right? And so and there's so many other different ways that I've I'm slowly becoming like we're becoming codependent in a healthy way because like we're infusing our lives together as we're married. But if I had been in serious relationships since I was 12 or 13 and never really had time to myself, like, I'm also coming from this as a really independent person. Like, 
all through middle school, all through high school, and even all through college because I did long distance. Like I, I didn't have Hunter there with me. I'm extremely independent. I've always been independent. I've always loved doing things myself. I've been like that since I was a little girl. And so I think it's hard for me to imagine how different I would be if I was like bonded with someone at such a young age for so long. Um, That's hard. I think if he's at the end of the day, if this is your person and this is your perfect person, and obviously I come at everything through the lens of like my faith and like my beliefs. And so for me personally, like when I was like juggling, oh my gosh, like Hunter's the most perfect person, but maybe I need some time to myself. It's like literally like the Lord's plan is the Lord's plan. And like, there's nothing I can do to disrupt it or change it. Of course I have free will. Obviously I'm like going on a little bit of a tangent in terms of myself, but like, it's like almost like, okay, like you don't have to like stress over making these like life altering decisions. And I also personally like don't believe in like soulmates so that there's only one person on this earth like that, like will complete you. Like you don't complete you. A boy doesn't complete you. Like you can't even complete yourself. If I'm being completely honest, the only thing that can complete you is your relationship with the Lord. And so when you're thinking in terms of like, ah, oh, like I'm, I'm giving up such a big thing in this relationship, it's not as colossal as sometimes we make it out to be. Don't get me wrong. I clearly did not take the approach of like breaking up with Hunter to like find myself because ultimately I decided that I was going to go through my 20s with him. And there were still so many things I was going to get to do. And there was so many things that I was going to get to be independent and strive towards. And I still had like my career to look forward to. And like having kids, we were going to wait a really long time. Like, I didn't feel like I was losing out on anything by choosing to get married. I was just choosing to start my 20s in a different way and like with a person. But I don't think I would have been confident enough in doing that if I hadn't become really sure of myself in the years prior. So if you're feeling a little weird, like just about yourself, like you're never going to have a healthy functioning relationship unless you like have yourself figured out and you are content being alone. You are content being by yourself. That's why people are always like date yourself when you're single. Like it's so important to be single. And I think when I was single, that was always so frustrating to hear because I'm like, cool, I want a boyfriend. But then now being married, I can see how important it is to be so confident in myself because at the end of the day, Hunter's a human being and he's going to fall short. Just like I'm a human being and I'm going to fall short. So I can't count on Hunter to complete me or to make me feel better about myself or to make me feel whole or to fill a void or to give me the validation that I need. Like he can't, sometimes he does that and he definitely is an amazing life partner, but like he is not the person put on earth to like be my perfect puzzle piece. That's just, that just doesn't exist. And so if you don't know you, you can't be in a healthy relationship, in my opinion. So I think you should consider potentially breaking up if you think that that's what you need. But also if you think you can do both and like be like, okay, hey, maybe I need some like space or while I'm in this relationship, I'm realizing I'm not prioritizing myself enough and I need to take myself on dates and do things that make me Taylor Cordy, or oh my gosh, Taylor Melman, weird, happy. I need to do things that excite me, hang out by myself, make new friends for me, like focus on yourself. I don't think it has to be as drastic as breaking up, but I would definitely say you need a, a little bit of a mindset shift here. Okay, let's see what the people 
of Reddit had to say. Okay, this person said maybe you can create a little space in the relationship, like going on a trip by yourself and like see how you feel see how you feel when you have your own space. I kind of love that, like taking yourself on a trip. That that might be good. Yeah, this person's saying start doing things like even if you want to stay with him, start doing things independently, go on friend trips, get new friends and hobbies independent of him, have a life outside of him. It's possible to find yourself and stay with him. But be prepared for you to change. Honestly, I didn't expect to, like, agree with anybody on Reddit because, like, I have, like, very, like, specific views on things. And, like, I, I come from, like, my own background and lenses. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked that we're all kind of paralleling here. The only difference between me as a single person versus me now is that I'm a better communicator and I become more happy and thankful. I have someone who loves play fighting games okay reddit is also a weird place but yes like sometimes when you're by yourself like you you have to like you see things that are like maybe wrong with you that you can fix okay i feel like this this search through the reddit comments this first one went well okay next question how do i deal or control having to cry really easily when i'm at work i 20 year old female cry really easily no problem with that in my free time, but I've had a really hard time at work the first week. I'm kind of in an internship, and I leave in four weeks, but I lost it in front of some colleagues, and I don't want that to happen again. I could cry when a boss is being mean to me and even think I don't care afterwards. I still I still cry sometimes. Is there anyone that has had that or learned how to control that? <laughs> this is so interesting. I am also a crier. I used to not be a crier. I used to be legitimately emotionless. I'm not even kidding. And then I started dating Hunter and all of a sudden I'm a crier again, which I think is good. I'm, I'm getting, I've gotten a lot more in touch with my emotions and now like emotions are really easy for me, but I used to think like emotions were a chore. I'm being completely honest with you in my most toxic state. So I also cry easy and sometimes where I notice this the most is I cry at confrontation or conflict. Even if I'm not upset enough to cry or even if I'm like really composed, especially in friend conflict, not as much with Hunter, but when I'm having conflict or I'm having to like confront one of my friends about something they did that hurt my feelings, even if I'm not emotional about it, I will just start sobbing. And I hate that about myself because then all of a sudden I feel like I'm not getting my point across or then like sometimes I'll maybe like ugly cry and then you can't even understand what I'm saying. It just like gets too much and like I personally then get embarrassed because I'm like Taylor pull yourself together like you're not even that upset about this like what are you doing and so on the practical best tips would be if you're having a confrontation really talk through what you're gonna say and like maybe anticipate what they're gonna say that would potentially like trigger a reaction that would make you cry um so for me like sometimes I'll need to like really like think about what I want to say so that it, it comes out as best as possible. And sometimes I do still cry, but that has helped me in the past. Like I'm not just like letting myself get frustrated or letting my brain wander when I'm trying to make a point. Um, but if you're saying that you cry, like when someone's like having conflict with you, I think something like in your brain that you can kind of do, like sometimes like you can like physically grab onto something or like start taking some like deeper breaths, like even like through your nose 
I, if I'm gonna, if I like feel myself starting to cry, maybe like you're on the phone or something and like you're in your car, like you can just take like a napkin or something and like put it under your eyes and just kind of let it, like don't let yourself get hysterical is probably the best thing that I can say here. You can take a napkin and like put it under your eye and let the water fall like into a napkin and just like try and calm yourself down as much as possible so that nothing gets to the point that it's like now your face is red and you look like you've been crying. It's okay to let out a couple tears, but like don't let it don't like stop yourself before it goes too far. Would probably be my best advice. Whether that's like taking some deep breaths or even just like walking away from the situation. And if you can lie, you can be like, "Oh my gosh, I I have to go to the bathroom. Like I'm so sorry. I have to blow my nose. Like I've been sick." And just like walk to the bathroom and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, "Girl, get it together." Or in situations when maybe someone's, like, hurting your feelings or, like, things are getting bad. And you can, like, honestly, like, look at someone and be, like, hold up. Like, I need a second to, like, compose myself because, like, I'm not feeling great. Like, you can be honest. Like, I'm getting a little emotional right now and there's no need to be emotional. Sometimes it's good to just say that. A lot of times I'll just – because obviously if I just start, like, blubbering, crying, which is what happens sometimes with me, I'll be, like – and, of course, I'm just crying. I just acknowledge it and I'm, like, I don't even know why I'm crying because I'm not this, like – I'm not this upset about this, but this is just how my body is reacting to it. Like, I'll genuinely be honest sometimes. So I hope that helps. Let's see what the Reddit commenters think. Oh, this person saying, I keep a tissue on hand, wipe or dab the tears and say, sorry, tears release, stress hormones. I'm listening. Please continue. Oh, that's really honestly pretty respectful, especially in like a work setting. Yeah, it says, it seems to reassure whomever you're speaking to that you are in control and not upset about something they said. They don't want an HR HR issue. This person said, don't be fooled. When you're older, your hormones are all over the place. I cry at commercials. I used to make myself get mad. It seemed to stop the waterworks. I'd like to say it might get better as you get older, but sometimes we cry at work no matter how seasoned we are. If you know you're on the verge of crying, try excusing yourself from the situation. I don't feel like we need to apologize for making excuses for crying sometimes. It just happens. Take deep breaths, end the conversation. Um, if they're being inappropriate, say so. And obviously it depends on the context and like what you feel safe doing. My 21-year-old female boyfriend, 21-year-old male, doesn't compliment my looks anymore. I'm a 21-year-old female and he's a 21-year-old male and we've been dating for a little over four years. When we first got together, he always told me how beautiful and pretty and amazing I looked. He would say things like, wow, that shirt makes your eyes look amazing. I'm going to start paraphrasing because this one's really long. You're really pretty. Just out of the blue. It made me feel so loved and wanted, and I always wanted to let him know how grateful I was for those compliments. Now, he never compliments on my looks at all. And I know comments about my eyes will fade over time and stuff, but I'll get all dressed up for a night out and he won't say anything. And if I ask him how do I look, he'll just say good or fine. And that's it. He never says anything else. And then just for context, she's essentially saying, like, I haven't changed that much since we started dating. Um, And she said that she also compliments him daily from his looks to his intelligence to his personality. So clearly she's a big words of affirmation, girls. I know the first piece of advice people want to give me is to tell him I want to be called beautiful. But the thing is, I don't want to just be called beautiful. I want to tell him. If I tell him I want to hear it, he will say it even though he doesn't mean it. I want him to actually think it and actually want to tell me. I want to feel genuinely wanted. I'd love anything, any advice on this situation. Should I do something? Okay. So I feel like the girlies in who's ever been in a relationship experience 
this in some way or another, that things have changed from when you started dating to maybe where you are now. That is on a baseline that is natural. Like when you're in like the honeymoon phase of your relationship, things are going to be different than where you are now. When Hunter and I were 17 and how we talk to each other in our relationship is different than how we are now at 21, four or five years later, right? However, clearly this is something that is A, really important to you and B, upsetting to you. And that is completely justified. Compliments are a big deal in a relationship. I, I don't feel like I have one like love language. I legitimately tell Hunter I have all of them. Like if you asked Hunter what my love language was, he would legitimately respond and say all of them. And so words of affirmation, just like all of them are really important to me. And so it does mean a lot whenever like Hunter gives me compliments, whether it's about like my appearance or about like what I'm doing, like emotionally, intelligently, spiritually, like compliments are a really healthy and necessary part of a relationship and you shouldn't let anyone tell you that it's like oh like you've just been dating for a long time so like that just goes away no the truth is yes things change in a relationship you guys get more comfortable you get closer to each other and the natural changes are good like I don't like it when people like are like I want to be in the honeymoon phase forever because for me like I love the comfortable aspects of my relationship with Hunter like I don't miss feeling like I can't blow my nose in front of him like I don't miss holding like my pee when I'm at his house because I don't want to go to the bathroom I don't miss being worried about like being on my period and like being near him at all I don't like there's certain I don't miss having to like overthink when I'm texting him like I don't miss that 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 season was really sweet and it was like a fun time but I'm so much happier in my relationship now as we've gotten closer which has led to us becoming much more comfortable with each other that being said that doesn't mean that certain things in your relationship should like fall off and like you aren't valid for feeling this way if words of affirmation are really important to you which i think they're important in every relationship personally then this is clearly a need that you need <laughs> that sounds stupid but i understand what you're saying about not wanting to like have a conversation with him and tell him hey this is what I need you to do because then he'll just do it because I've also been there where I've like gotten in like that headspace but honestly that headspace is a little toxic because at the end of the day if you're in a relationship you need to be communicating your needs as much as I would love Hunter to be able to read my mind about every single thing I want, every single thing I need, every single thing I expect him to do, and I would love to just not ever have to say it, and he just reads my mind, and he knows what TikTok I saw on my For You page today, that a boyfriend made his girlfriend a floral bouquet, and that he just comes home with one and just reads my mind. As much as I'm sure all of us would love that in, in our people... That is just not the case. And in the same way, you don't, you can't read his mind and you don't know what he needs. Granted, it's a lot harder. Like, obviously, like, I'm a girl, so I understand how complicated things get in your brain. And at least speaking in my relationship specifically, I'm not going to speak for, like, women in general. Like, Hunter doesn't overthink things the way that I overthink things. Or Hunter doesn't, like, get down to the nitty-gritty of analyzing what I do the way I do that to him. That's just how it is. We're more stereotypical in the fact 
of like he's a boy and just doesn't really like those things aren't just aren't as important to him. Granted, because they're important to me, I always try and go above and beyond, kind of like what you're saying. Like you always compliment him because that's what you want. And I think it would honestly be really good for y'all to read the Five Love Languages book. Hunter and I went through it when we were engaged or like right yeah I think right when we like got engaged because like we wanted to start practicing like going through a book and like talking about it with each other and like growing in that way and so going through five love languages was really good for us because I think sometimes we start villainizing our partners over time when they start not doing xyz in this example you have decided in your head that he used to compliment me and now he doesn't so he doesn't think I'm pretty. He doesn't think I'm beautiful, which then in your head you jump. Okay, so he thinks I'm ugly. He thinks I've gained weight. He thinks he's thinking about other girls. He's going to cheat on me. Like we start like going down these rabbit holes and we put thoughts and intentions in our partner's brain that are just not there. And, and it's it's not fair and like you wouldn't want that done to you on the on the reciprocal and it's so easy to do because I've done it like I'm not above this situation whatsoever I've totally done it and so that's why I think that the five love languages book is really good because it puts into words how you're loved best and it gives tangible examples so you don't feel like oh, I want you to I'm trying to think of like a good example for Hunter and I like I think the flowers thing is like a really good thing. Like I would get really caught up on like girls posting that like they were out on dates with their boyfriends or like their boyfriend sent them flowers and Hunter and I were long distance so we couldn't go out on dates and there was lots of things like missing there that we weren't able to do in person and so I just felt like he should send me flowers like all the time and so I started like passive aggressively sending him TikToks of, of boyfriends getting them flowers or sending him links and like not having like a direct conversation with him being like hey it hurts my feelings that you don't do this and that's not fair to you because this isn't an expectation I've set and I'm passive aggressively doing xyz hoping that you'll read my mind to do exactly what I want so that we don't have to have a conversation about it so that it's not a big deal but honestly that's just not fair to either of y'all so I think it would be really good for you guys to sit down and you explain to him that this is something that he hasn't been doing and that you've maybe been making like not great assumptions about it and be honest about it and tell him like this is a big way that I feel loved and like I need words of affirmation to like know we're good, to know you love me, to know you're still happy. I know it might be silly to you because words of affirmation might not be a big deal to you but they are a big deal to me so if you want to love me best I need you to prioritize words of affirmation. If you have a good egg and a good boyfriend, like he'll be able to hear you and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that. I don't even think about words of affirmation being a love language at all because maybe it's just not how he's shown love at all. And he takes the words of affirmation that you give him for granted, which is tons of stuff that I would do in my relationship. Like there was ways that like didn't exactly like make me feel fulfilled or loved that Hunter would do because he was doing what he needed to be loved. And so I feel like a lot of times we give 
love the way we want to get love and sometimes our love languages are not communicating it's literally like one person speaking english and one person speaking french and you guys just are not getting on the same page at all and so now you both are sitting there feeling unloved and it comes out of like a good place of like you're doing naturally what feels right to you but out of love you need to learn what's best for your partner and so I think that that would be really, really helpful for y'all. But let's see what the people of Reddit said. Oh, this person says, he takes you for granted now. It's super sad that you think that there's something you need to do, like change your looks for him. This is on him. I agree. Like, I'm also talking in the context of, like, this man being great. Like, if he's not, that's, like, a different scenario. Someone's saying, like, I feel like you take me for granted. I need verbal, po- I need to hear verbal positive things about me because it makes me feel valued. Okay, this person said, been with my husband for 10 years now. He knows I love compliments and it cheers me up. I'm pretty confident with my looks, so I just told him to never stop or forget with the random compliments. I don't think it's demanding to tell your partner what they can do to make you feel happy and loved. Ooh, I also saw a TikTok about this from Anna Sitar, and she was talking about how, like, when she was starting this new relationship, obviously with Brew, if you guys are up to date with him and, like, them together on TikTok where she was jumping into this new relationship after coming off of, like, a five-year relationship with her ex-boyfriend. And so there was tons of things that, like, Brule didn't know about her. And so, for example, if words of affirmation were a big deal to her and Brew complimented her, she'd be like, babe, it means so much to me that you give me compliments. Like, it makes me feel so loved. It makes me feel so special. And you communicate back when they're doing great. I feel like I also like fall toxic to this. Then I start like taking for granted the things that Hunter does really, really well. And I just start expecting them. People would always say, I don't know how good I have it. My mom would say it. (laughs) My friends would say it. My family would say it. It got to the point where Hunter would joke about it and even say it because it's true. It really is true. And I would take for granted all these amazing things that he does. So it's almost like this is going to sound bad taken out of context, but it's like training a new dog. Like if you have a new puppy, the puppy doesn't know, he's not potty trained, he doesn't know any tricks, he doesn't know what's allowed and what's not allowed. And so you have to give positive affirmations. And a lot of times for dogs, it's like giving them treats and it's like snuggling with them and doing things like that. That's a silly example comparing your boyfriend to a dog. But in that same way, you need to let them know maybe in a bigger way than you think that that like they're succeeding and they're doing a really great job and so I would encourage you to have a hard conversation about it and then when the next time that he does it well and he does give you compliments like babe that literally just made my entire night thank you so much like you know you know you just have to like help each other out and at the end of the day like you have to remember that you guys are on a team and you guys are like working towards the same goal of like having a healthy relationship How do you handle weight gain? Do you ever come to terms with having a, quote, woman's figure? I'm 23 and I'm filling out and growing curves I've never had before. I try to accept this because I've struggled with body dysmorphia before. I keep telling myself it's beautiful and part of getting older, but today I tried on my shorts and it's getting hot and not a single pair fit and something in me just broke. I don't want to hate my body or diet, but I also can't afford all new clothes, so I'm at a loss. Does loving your new figure ever get easier? So many women say it's a hard transition from a girlish figure to a fuller one, but they just accept that. I'm confused and hurting, and I don't know how women do this. Well, I think body change. Also, if, like, body stuff isn't, like, super great 
like for you to hear for like your own personal reasons like please fast forward and like skip through this I'm not going to talk about it for super long just because I know it's not like great for people to hear sometimes and it can be triggering so if this isn't your section just skip past it you're not hurting my feelings just keep on going for your mental health but I do want to talk about this because I feel like there's never enough conversation about it um especially like at least on my end in terms of like consuming media and hearing people talk about it and I think I think I'm definitely going to do like a a whole episode about just like body image I haven't done one in a really long time and I think it would be like a a, I think I'd be able to do a really great episode on it um just because I've had a bit of a journey with it and I actually just had like a a really massive like breakthrough conversation about it with Hunter we had never really talked about it and And, I mean, we just got married, and, like, part of getting married is, like, now you, like, live together, and we've never done that before, and so we've never played house before, we've never spent this much time together before, we've never cooked together before, like, there's all these news, and we honestly got to, like, a place where, like, we just, like, moved here, and as Hunter was calling it, we were just, like, comforting each other, and, like, when I was, you know, a stay-at-home housewife for, like, a month, I was, like, baking for him because, like, I wanted to, like, show him how much I loved him. And we were making fun dinners and we were going to get ice cream and we were just, like, having so much fun together. But because of that, I have gained weight. And that is, like, a weird thing to come to terms with. Like, loving your body and, like, being on a good page with your body. Um, As awful it is as as it is to admit, I don't think I've ever really been in a good place with my body. And and I think a lot of women can relate to that because like there's this constant need to change yourself or to fit a certain beauty standard and and I've had like my own issues like with health and um like disordered eating and things like that. And so I have like my own whole case of problems. But I think In terms of handling weight gain, I think the best thing I've ever heard about it is my body has gotten me through everything that I've been through up until this point in my life. And whether that's moving across the country, whether that's going through a breakup, whether that's um, losing your job, maybe it's... um, figuring out like how to like make new friends and like I know for me like an example like in college when I first got to college I was like a social eater like it was like every activity that people wanted to do especially like my freshman year of college revolved around eating like going to get ice cream or like going out late to like cook out and like eating at like two o'clock in the morning and like it just everything was or hanging out in the calf like doing stuff like that like everything just kind of revolved around food And, like, without thinking about it, like, I had just definitely, like, put on weight. And all of a sudden, I was just so unhappy, like, with, like, who I was and, like, how I looked and things of that nature. And, like, people have their own whole mindset around it. But I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is to be super gracious with yourself and, like, understand, like, your life's not over because you've gained some weight. And, like, your fitness journey is not, like, at a detriment because, like, you're don't look like the girls on Instagram that you follow or if you're stressed about summer because like now it's like bikini season and like short season like you're saying um and you're like I just like want to like hide behind like sweatshirts leggings the whole thing I think the best thing you can do is like come like 
do stuff for you. Don't do stuff because you're so worried about like what other people are thinking about you. Because at the end of the day, everyone else is so insecure and caught up with themselves. Like if you're stressed about like going to the beach or like canceling plans, like I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this topic and they're like, I just don't think I'm going to like hang out with my friends this summer because like I don't want to go to the beach with them because they're going to want to take photos and like I I don't look like them and like it makes me insecure. Like at the end of the day, like you think everyone is like so like thinks about how you look as much as you do and they're in reality just thinking about how they look and their own insecurities and their own things to pick apart about themselves. And and I used to think that like if I got to like a certain body type, like then I would like be happy and honestly, sometimes I do still feel that way. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be something that you're unhappy with. So you have to just learn how to be happy with like who you are in yourself and like understand that there's natural body fluctuation and there's natural weight fluctuation and there's things about that your body's going to change. And, and honestly, the truth is when you're saying, quote, woman's figure, yeah, like you're 23 years old, like literally our bodies were created to like become women so that we we could literally carry a child and grow a child in our body and give birth to them and like bounce back like like there's our bodies are amazing and they're created so beautifully like in just their form and function and you are exactly how like God made you and how he designed you to be and there's something super beautiful about that and I know sometimes it's really hard hearing like body positive content from people like, who have, like, amazing bodies, like, I know for me, like, sometimes I'll hear girls talk about being, like, I'm so insecure, and I'm, like, how are you insecure when you look like that, and, like, so then how should I feel if I look like this, and so I think the best thing with coming to terms with, like, who you are is, like, you just can't find your identity in how you look, like, if I found my identity in, like, how I looked and what a number on a scale was, like, I literally would die, I think, But because that's not where I find my identity, that's not where I find my worth, that's not where I find my value, like, that's how I'm able to function and be a normal person. And so, and through that, I totally understand not having the money to completely revamp your wardrobe. I want to just revamp my wardrobe to revamp my wardrobe, and I don't have the money for that either. But it's just finding, like, a couple things maybe that, like, make you feel comfortable, whether that's, like, buying one pair of shorts that's a different size and, like, having that just in case and, like, Like, finding clothes that make you feel as comfortable as possible, not throwing out your entire closet, but just doing things that make you feel the best that you can feel. Like, there's nothing better than feeling confident. And so you have to set the table for you to feel as confident as you physically can. But let's see what the people of Reddit say. Huh, I would recommend this mirror exercise. Each day, stand naked or as close to naked as you feel comfortable with in front of a mirror and find at least one thing about your body you like. Maybe your hair looks good that day, you like the curve in your waist. Train yourself to find the things about your body that you love. I do love that. Um, I have gained more than three stone. I don't know what that is. Um, I'm skipping that. Yeah, but buying clothes actually fit my body has been really good for me. Just having one pair of well-fitting jeans made a huge difference. Yeah, girl, do laundry. Um... My husband and I have decided to rebrand, and whenever I want to talk about my body in a negative way, I say juicy. Look at my juicy butt. Look at my juicy thighs. And my husband will say, I love your juicy butt. I love your juicy thighs. (laughs) I love that. And she calls it a rebrand. That's so funny. I mean, that's true. Like, if you start using, like, different words, 
to like think about I mean think about it with like body trends like I remember growing up and like the Y2K body was like super low rise jeans stick thin no curves like literally a board and like then as I'm going into like middle school and like high school as like the Kardashian era it's like the BBL era with like massive boobs massive butt tiny waist people are getting plastic surgery to fit this kind of like the body trends are constantly changing so it's like you can't like alter your body like your body is your body like you are made how you are made like I am never going to like have I'm never gonna be like an a cup like that is just not for me and so like right now like that is also like a quote like trending body type with like these tops that are like you basically have like a flat chest and some people would kill for my chest because they just want to have boobs and meanwhile I'm like I just don't want to have any boobs at all and so like you can you're there's always going to be a different like a, a body part you want to change and so definitely just start using like keywords I like what that person said maybe not juicy or if juicy is your thing go for it girl but like different things are positive in different seasons and so I just think like you just can't get too stressed about it I think I may be slacking at work a bit and I'm embarrassed about it. My mental health is not great. I'm in grad school full-time, started a new part-time job on campus, and I'm slacking a bit, which is noticeable. I'm also doing volunteer research. No one has pointed it out, but I'm overthinking and I know I'm not doing work when I'm supposed to be sometimes, either because I'm distracted or I have something else to focus on. I'm finding it hard to manage my time, so I end up doing most of my schoolwork during my job and vice versa. Advice on how to manage my time would be helpful. I really want to leave a good impression on my boss, but I'm afraid I've ruined it. Okay. I totally feel you on this, like, you're kind of just drowning in all this stuff that you have to do. So you're just kind of like, eh, I might as well not do anything at all. Or, like, you're in the aspect of where you're just playing catch-up. And so, like, you're not fully present at school because you're trying to get work done. And you're not fully present at work because you're trying to get school work done. And you just feel like you're drowning. In terms of you saying your mental health isn't great. I think you need to prioritize like your mental health here and see like what can you cut off your plate because you're saying if you have if you're in grad school full-time you have a part-time job on campus and you're doing volunteer research like that's a lot on your plate and I totally get like a grad school load is crazy and like I'm all for juggling a ton of stuff but if it's affecting your mental health like maybe see which areas you can potentially cut and decide like, okay, like at this season of my life, I need to have a part-time job because I need an income. Totally get that. But I also need to do really good in grad school because I'm paying tuition to be here. Well, maybe like you just don't have the bandwidth to do volunteer research. Okay. Or maybe you're saying the volunteer research is the best opportunity of my life. It'll make or break my career. I have to do it. Okay. Well then, but I also need money and I'm also in grad school. So then maybe you're looking at it and you're like, okay, I want to do really well in grad school, but at the end of the day, like, my GPA doesn't, like, it doesn't matter once you hop into the workforce. Like, the fact that you're going, obviously, you need to meet minimum requirements. I'm not saying that. But, like, for me, example, there was a, like, a point in, I don't even remember if it was high school or college, where I was just, like, burnt out. I was a disaster. I had too much on my plate, and I decided, like, in specific classes, I'm like, you know what, I can get a B in this class and like, I'm not going to die. And it will just free up so much mental space. I'll feel so much better not having to stress about trying to like reach that next threshold. And so that I can better balance everything that's going on in my life. And so I think first, like you need to do like a real audit on like, 
what's most important to you and see how you can prioritize your mental health a little bit and see if there's anything in your habits that's detrimental to your mental health in terms of your schedule. Now, in terms of slacking at work and being embarrassed, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like the conversation around mental health is very common. It is very normal. And like, thankfully now it's a really widely accepted topic. Um, I think maybe what I would suggest is talking either to like your boss at work or your volunteer research boss or maybe one of your professors, whatever you think you're most comfortable. And just be honest and be like, hey, here's where I'm at. Like maybe it's like your boss at work because that's what you're saying. You feel like you're slacking apologize and say, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. Like, honestly, I haven't been doing really well, like mentally and in my personal life. And that's affecting my work. And I'm really sorry about that. Like, I just like, maybe we can come up with a system here where like, I'm like, maybe working a little bit less or like, schedule wise, like I feel like I'm, I'm doing too much. Like maybe I need to take like one day off from my schedule a week so I can focus on schoolwork. So that way when I'm here, I can like really prioritize like my job here. Like having honest conversations with like people that can help you. I know like in like the corporate world, like at my job, like you have a manager that you can go to that can help prioritize your workload and that you can kind of talk to about it. And so that might honestly be a good next step for you to take. And there's no comments, so there's no one else to go to to ask for help here. So I guess you're just stuck with my thoughts. Okay, last one. I need to skip a couple because we are, we are, we have spent a lot of time on this week's episode. So last question: How to stop feeling like you're someone to be settled for? I'm a 20 year old female who doesn't have much going for me. This is awful, but I, I can't. Okay, I'm just gonna read the whole thing. I'm at university and doing pretty well, but that doesn't really separate me from other high-achieving women either. The only thing that's positive about me is that I'm decently friendly. I don't have anything that I'm very passionate about, and I have nothing I can say I'm really good at. Because of this, I have a hard time creating conversation of substance. Apart from schoolwork, I usually just spend my time sleeping, watching shows, or reading. I'm not unattractive, but definitely nothing to ride home about. The good parts of my appearance are that I'm slim and put a good effort via grooming and clothes. <laughs> I feel like you're not from the U.S. Grooming. I just feel like anyone I'll ever be romantically involved with is going to settle for me because at least I'll be loyal and have no glaring flaws, but they'll never truly be content and feel like they got what they truly wanted. First off, you cannot talk about yourself like this. Like, if you don't think that you're special and you don't think that you have something to offer, you're right. It's going to be really hard for someone else to like see that value in you. But what I'm saying is, is that's just not true. Like every single person on this planet has value and has something special about you. Like everyone is created in the image of God. So everyone is special. Everyone is perfect in their own way. Like, and so talking poorly about yourself, of course you're going to feel like you're someone that's going to be settled for because you're not even happy with who you are. And so I think the the bigger thing here is like you don't need to be worrying about like, oh, like my future boyfriend isn't going to really like me. Like you can't, e you can't even be thinking about a future boyfriend right now if I'm being honest because just like I was saying earlier, like with this view of yourself, like you're not whole on your own. So you don't really have 
like any business hopping into a relationship right now because you honestly need to date yourself and fall in love with yourself and find the special pieces of you. Like if you want a partner to be able to look at you and be like, oh my gosh, this person is so special. She's so confident. She's so good at XYZ. Like you need to find those things. And of course there are times where I maybe am like not feeling like my most confident. And Hunter and I literally had this conversation the other day. He's like, literally the reason why I fell in love with you and why I was so attracted to you because you were quite literally the most confident person I've ever met in my entire life. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Like I, I did, I used to feel that way about myself and I used to just like radiate confidence. And I, I still think I do to an extent, but I haven't been feeling that way on the inside. And so it's good to have a person there, like obviously like that can make, like helps you like feel better about yourself and reminds you how great you are. But if you have, like, such a poor self-esteem, like, girl, like, you need to, like, love yourself better. Like, you really need to take the time to sit down and be like, what makes me me? And if you're not happy with your life, like, I've honestly been in a, a season where, like, for example, two of my best friends are abroad right now. Like, literally, one's in Spain, one's in France, or I think now she's in Italy. They are literally living their best lives. They're sending me photos. And don't get me wrong. I asked for the photos. I am so happy for them. I am living for their trip and for them having their best life. But then I'm getting this photo and I'm sitting here in my apartment in Texas in my pajamas working my corporate job staring at a computer and I'm like, wow. I wish I was doing what they were doing. And like I'll have these like split second thoughts of like comparing my life to theirs or being like, oh my gosh, my life right now is so boring. Or for example, all my friends wanted me to download Be Real because they've been using it, but I'm like, I, the truth is I don't want to download Be Real because I'm working all day and like my life honestly doesn't look that exciting. And I kind of just felt myself being like, ugh, like, I, I don't know, like I'm not happy, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. I need to start falling in love with my life. Like it's not my friend's job to make me feel better about what I'm doing on the day-to-day -day basis. And honestly, it's my job to then go out and like help myself have a better day. Yesterday was an awful day at work. I literally got a migraine from how stressful it was. It was absolutely terrible. And Hunter got home and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get out of this funk. Like I'm, I'm down bad. I'm doing bad. I feel bad. It's just a bad day. And Hunter and I ended up getting up and going to the gym and we went to a new gym and I was just like, I'm not going to even work out. I'm literally just going to walk on the treadmill. Like I'm just a tailor having a bad day. And you know what happened when I got there? They had a Peloton. I've been wanting to ride a Peloton for like literally since quarantine. Like I used to be obsessed with cycling and that's just like a passion that I've kind of just lost and like haven't kept up with because I don't pay for a cycling studio anymore. And I had a Peloton and my eyes literally lit up like it was Christmas morning. I hopped my little hiney on the bike. I did a quick 20 minute workout and I felt amazing. Came back, we cooked dinner. It instantly changed my mood. I was instantly having a better day and I was instantly happier. And so in that same way, like if you're, if you feel bleh about yourself, like you're just going to keep feeling that way, like perpetually, like you need to break that cycle and actually do something. If you feel like you're boring, like you usually just spend your time sleeping, watching shows or reading, like go out and do something exciting. Or if you don't feel like you have anything that you're passionate about, like find anything that you're passionate about. You say you like reading. What books are you reading? Are you, Do you like the books that you're reading? Is there a genre that you're passionate about? Okay, you're watching shows. Like, do you keep up with reality TV? I've become 
decently passionate about the Kardashians after watching the Kardashian Hulu show. Like, what are you passionate about? Like, what from the things that you're already doing can you find that, like, make you happy? And, like, it does – you don't have to, like, all of a sudden go from, like, maybe not being a – and this is, like, kind of hard for me to see because, like, I'm obviously, like, a really type A person. I'm a passionate person. I'm a goal setter. Like, this isn't something in specific that I struggle with. And so I'm kind of having, honestly, a hard time, like, being like, how are you not passionate about anything? And so I do genuinely think that, like, everyone, like, has things that they care about. Like, are you passionate about, like, your relationship with your family? Like, it doesn't have to be exciting. Are you passionate about the things that you cook for dinner? Are you passionate about the TikToks that you watch? Are you passionate about, like, you say you like the clothes that you wear. Are you passionate about fashion? Are you, you say you put effort to grooming. Are you passionate about, like, upkeep and skincare and doing your makeup? Like, you can literally be passionate about, like, the dirt on the floor. Like, I can be passionate about vacuuming. I can be passionate about my Stanley Tumber. I can be passionate about this gold cowboy boot that I got at, like, a flea market or, like, a antique store that is now sitting on my bookcase that I tell everybody about. You can be passionate about making floral bouquets. I'm literally just listening to things I'm passionate about right now floral bouquets for your apartment or your house to make it feel more homey. I can be passionate about getting on a fitness journey, eating healthier, eating cleaner. You can get passionate about like drinking green juice, going to the beach, planning vacations. Like there's so much to get like behind and to love and to make life like worth living. And so I think before you get hung up on like being someone settled for, which number one, you're not, I think you need to stop settling for like the life that you've told yourself that like you're only going to amount to this, like, dull and mundane life. Like, stop settling for the idea of life that you've taken and start chasing after something that's more exciting and worth living for. Man, I just popped off. Um, And then let's see what, what Reddit has to say for the last time for today. Yeah. So they're saying you really need to stop believing all this negative stuff about you. Like, if you keep telling yourself that you're average, you're going to believe it. Celebrate what you love about yourself, and work on what you don't. Listen to music that makes you feel good. Change your look. Maybe you don't need to do that. Start meeting new people. Dating apps are great to get a little dating experience. Self-help books, podcasts. Yeah, you can listen to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm 22 and definitely used to be where you are, but I honestly just got tired of it and decided to change. It's a journey, but you'll get there too. Just believe it. I like that. That was good. Um, yeah, in general, people are just like, girl, why are you talking about yourself like that? Like, that is not healthy. So I completely agree. Um, this episode, I think, was fun. I think my first Reddit advice Q&A went amazing. I don't know. You guys tell me what you think. But it was just kind of fun, like, like getting to, like, step outside the SGP bubble because a lot of times I feel like when y'all ask me questions, like, they're kind of catered to me, obviously, because you're asking me. And it's, like, through the lens of, like, how I would answer about, like, productivity and, like, dating to marry and, like, things that are relatable to me. So, like, it was kind of fun answering these questions that have, like, no context or, like, or weren't pointed at me. Just like the last one where I'm like, this isn't, like, a super relatable question and that's probably something that I would never get asked. And so I really liked going through Reddit. I think I'm definitely going to have to do these more. If you guys have a subreddit that you think I should go through and find like more like advice, please send it over. I think this is so fun. 
Um, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, if you got anything from it, don't forget to send it to a friend and make sure you're following us on Instagram and TikTok. That's at She's Going Places podcast. That's where I post about the episodes, post content, answer questions, post stories. You got to be over on the socials if you really want to be a part of She's Going Places. And if you haven't already, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please go and leave us a review. It seriously means the world. I got some new reviews from last week's episode, which was amazing. So definitely take the time to go do that. Y'all are amazing. I hope you have the best week ever and let's go places together.